When we read the Gospels, the first public act of Jesus in any one of the Gospels is always very significant. It sets the tone for what that evangelist wants to convey throughout the rest of the Gospel. So if you go to the Gospel of Matthew, the first real public act of Jesus is the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes that kick off the Sermon on the Mount. This sets the tone for Jesus as teacher, kind of taking the place of Moses as the great teacher of Israel, Jesus takes his place as the great teacher. If you go to the Gospel of John, the first public act of Jesus is the wedding at Cana, of taking the water and transforming it into wine, this new creation that becomes a theme all through the Gospel of John. In Luke, the first public act that he makes is in the synagogue in his hometown, where he takes the scroll and opens the scroll and says that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and that he came to bring good news to the poor and release to the captives. And Luke becomes this whole message to the poor and the downtrodden, and that message goes all the way through his gospel. This year, we're in Mark. Last Sunday was where we heard Jesus' first public act in the Gospel of Mark, which was the casting out of a demon. And then today in the Gospel, which follows right on the heels of that moment, at three different points, it talks about him casting out demons. And this becomes important in the whole Gospel of Mark, of how Jesus conquers evil, that he is the reason that there is victory over evil in the world. Why is this important? Why is understanding kind of Jesus as victor over evil, and particularly the way it's portrayed in the Gospels through exercising of demons, why is that important for us in our Christian life? We need to know the source of evil. Otherwise, two things happen. One, when we do experience evil in our life and we don't know where it originates, we have the temptation of Job, not Job himself, but everyone around him. When he was suffering, what did everybody tell him? Blame God. It's his fault. If we don't know where the source of evil comes from, we tend to blame God. The other reason is that if we don't know that there is a source of evil, then what do we need to be saved from? Why do we need to be Christian? We might have a belief in God as the creator of all things, but unless we know that we need to be saved from something, there's no need for Jesus in our life. If we don't know that we need to be saved from evil, Jesus has no real purpose in our life. We can have a belief in God without a belief in Jesus as the Savior, the Redeemer. So, why is it so important? Because as the great Kaiser Soze said, the greatest thing that the devil ever did, the greatest trick the devil ever played, was to make us believe he never existed, which I think is true for a lot of Christians. We have a belief in God in some way, but in the last number of decades, the belief that Satan is an actual being has kind of dissipated, and that's problematic in the way that we relate to God and the way that we live our Christian life. And the depiction of evil in Hollywood has kind of done a disservice. That, especially in kind of your exorcism-type movies, what disservice has it done? The exorcist is actually quite accurate 
It was based on factual events combined together to make one big kind of expose. But why does it make a disservice? Because it makes evil seem like this kind of super evident, nasty monster. And sometimes it is. Most of the time it isn't. And the other thing that it does is it makes evil seem like it's something over there. Evil is other. And that's not true. Alexander Solzhenitsyn says, the line separating good and evil passes through the human heart. Evil is closer to us than we often realize because the line between good and evil passes through the human heart. There's a great little book by C.S. Lewis called The Screwtape Letters. If you've never heard of it before, basically the premise of the book that C.S. Lewis uses is it's a dialogue between two demons, Screwtape and Wormwood. Screwtape is the mentor for Wormwood, who is the mentee. He's a new demon who has somebody that he is assigned to torment, and Screwtape is teaching him how to lead this soul away from God. And it's this neat little reflection about how evil works in the world. Here's three different quotes from that book that give us a better understanding how evil is at work more often, how Satan, how the spirits of evil work in the world. Here's one. Indeed, the safest road to hell is the gradual one, the gentle slope, soft underfoot, without sudden turnings, without milestones, without signposts. The slow, gradual infiltration of evil into our life. Kind of like if you've ever sat on the beach by the ocean and the tide creeping in, it seems really slow at first and then all of a sudden, it's right there. Or it's like the darkness creeping in in the shorter days of winter. We kind of recognize that it's shortening and then all of a sudden over in November, we're like, where did all the sunlight go? And we really only realize it kind of now, when our days start to lengthen again, man, those days were short. It slowly creeps in because one of the titles for Satan is the father of lies. And all that he does is all he has to do is feed the lies that keep us away from God. Feed the lies that just shrink our world, just slowly and subtly planting little ideas and thoughts that keep us away from good. How many of us have had an experience in our life where we kind of woke up one day and went, when did this get so bad? And it shakes us awake to make a change in our life. Evil creeps in. Another one. It's funny how mortals always picture us, demons, as putting things into their minds. In reality, our best work is done by keeping things out. Often we think of evil as adding something, right? The exorcism movies, the possession. But often it's about keeping things out. All Satan has to do in our life is find ways, especially when things are bad, to make us not think of God. That's all Job would have had to happen to Job for him to stop putting his faith and trust in God. The way we do that, we excuse ourselves 
for little sins that we commit or decisions that we make that turn us away from our faith. We justify them, and so it slowly leads us away. Or another way is when our passions are heightened, whatever they are. Let's say sexual desire. All Satan has to do is make us believe that that sexual desire is the only thing that matters, and so it needs to be satisfied. That's all he has to do. That my passion is the most important thing, then nothing else matters. And then I choose that over everything else. Or it's just making me believe that I have the absolute right way of understanding and perceiving the world. The moment that we are convinced that I understand the best way to approach any problem in life, where's God? All they have to do is keep things out. They don't have to add anything to the way that we do things. Last one. There's nothing like suspense and anxiety for barricading a human's mind against God. He wants men to be concerned with what they do. Our business is to keep them thinking about what will happen to them. All they have to do, all evil has to do in influencing us is make us think about what has yet to come, what we have no control over. If our mind stays fixated on that, they've won. Evil is won because God is here in the present. The future is up to him. And the moment we let anxiety take over, what happens in moments of suffering, we immediately start to doubt God's presence. Evil is more often much more subtle in the way that it creeps into our life. But Jesus came to vanquish evil, to conquer evil first. And we have that over and over again in the way that we pray together. What's the first thing that we do at Mass? I confess to Almighty God. We confess the role that evil has had in our life. Lord, forgive me. Or whenever we renew our baptism promises, how does the renewal of our baptism promises begin? Do you renounce sin so as to live in the freedom of God's children? Do you renounce the lure of evil so that sin may have no mastery over you? And do you renounce Satan, the author and prince of sin? And then we continue, do you believe in God? Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? Jesus needs to conquer evil first for real faith to take root. If we don't acknowledge the evil that is present in our life, then the gift of faith that God wants to give us has no room. Jesus casts out demons. He cures those who are sick because in doing that, he makes room for faith in him. This is what we need. This is what an exorcism is all about. And we have exorcisms all the time. When we think of the word exorcism, usually think of the priest with the cross and the holy water and the demon screaming because that's what Hollywood made us believe. Does that happen sometimes? They tell me it does. I hope to God I never have to face it. I've come close enough to evil to know I never want to be anywhere near that. But you know that when we have a holy water font, when you bless yourself with holy water, that's a minor exorcism. When I say at the beginning of Mass, may Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life, that's a minor exorcism. Every time we turn in prayer, 
to the grace that comes from God, who conquered sin and death, who conquers evil, it's an exorcism. It's a taking away of the evil that's in our life so that it might be replaced by the good that is God. So, do we need to know the source of evil in our life? Absolutely, because it reminds us that we need a Savior. Do we need to fear evil in our life? Not at all, not even in the slightest. What I tell kids when I go to school, because it just seems like every year, right around Halloween, they start asking all the questions about the devil. I say, God is like a giant and Satan is like an ant. It's not even a contest. God created Lucifer. God created the angel that turned from him and his Satan. God is infinitely more powerful. Is Satan more powerful than us? Yes. But we don't have to fear him. We've got God who conquered sin and death. So, do you know the evil that's in your life? Do you know the source of evil in your life? Then, do you call on Christ to conquer it? Do you invite that grace of God into that part of your life where you know evil has a hold or influences you? And then remember, you are here, you are baptized. You come and you receive Holy Communion. The sacraments are the surest source of God's grace that conquers sin and death in our life that we have. So then the last question that I pose to you as we approach Lent, when was the last time you went to confession? Because that is the way that sin is rooted out of our hearts by the grace of God that comes through the sacraments and the sacrament of confession.